TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up for a Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Mara. Tart. <laughs> Can't you help yourself? Well, because Kim's been picking on me, Cindy. And she has, I admit. I admit. Kim's picking on me like I'm some kind of nose and I won't have it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, listeners, I just had to get that out of of my system so that we can get stuck into our podcast today, which we're all really excited about because we've actually got three gorgeous, spunky, fabulous, very attractive superstar. Stop it. Shut the front door. (laughs) Teenage girls with us. So get your teenage boys to come and listen to this very riveting conversation. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. (laughs) It's a shame we're not on video here because these girls are seriously gorgeous. I think our rankings would go up. I think think they would. Especially amongst the teenage boys. I think so too. Mm -hmm. I think there's a whole other market there. Yeah, that we haven't even tapped. Correct. So we thought we'd bring on these three gorgeous, spunky, young teenage girls to talk to us about the things that are different, you know, from their generation to ours, from a concept of, you know, mindset, how they think, what goes on in their world, the things that stand in their way, the questions that stop them in their tracks. What do they think about food? What do they think about exercise? What do they think about their body image? What are they... What's their views? And, and, you know, we want to hear it all. We want to get down and get up close and personal. Mm-hmm. And we want to know what goes on between their ears. Because Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So why don't I start? Because I've got a cracking question. Because <laughs> two of the teenage girls that are sitting at the table here just happen to be the daughters of Miss Kimmy and Cindy. So my first question to you girls is, and let's start with you, Tanya. What the hell is it like to have a mother like Cindy? <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, well, would you like me to leave the room? No, that's, that's all right. Um, it's definitely good now. Um, now. <laughs> no, no. But before, before I would hate her experimenting with food and all of that. But I've kind of got into it myself, so it's it's kind of she's very influential on me. And it's good, yeah. So what's a what's a normal day consist of for you? Like, what does your day start like, given that you wake up in the same house as Cindy? Um, usually we'll go for, like, a walk or... What time do you get up? Uh, six. Oh, quarter to six? Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's reasonable. If you were going to say 4.30, I was going to have to slap you on the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do like my sleep. Good, good, good. Woman after my own heart. Good, good. So, um, yeah. And usually we'll go for a walk and come home, make a really yummy breakfast, experiment. Usually, What's your breakfast. breakfast like? What is it? Like, what does she make or you make? Do you have a, it's, you know, much influence on that? Uh, yeah. Like, I'll experiment and I'll, mum will get ready sometimes and I'll make it and see if she likes it or... I'll go get ready for work if I have to go to work and she'll help me. But yeah. What sort of stuff do you cook? Like what's sort of, what do you make? Um right now we just experimented the other day, it was banana nut porridge. Oh, stop it. Um What's in banana nut porridge? 
Okay, we've okay, got everybody, it. get your pens ready. <laughs> Has anybody got a pen? It's I actually did. on the it's okay. on the website. It's on. I already put it up on Changing Habits website. All right, we'll um, just hit us with it anyway. Just, just, just make my mouth water. Uh, okay, so we've got pecans, almonds. I uh, put. I think I put some dates in it. Chia seeds, fresh bananas. Um, yeah, with the other, there's another nut in there as well, and then I just blend it up and you heat it all up in the thermomix, is what we do, and then you sprinkle it with whatever you want, really, which is sultanas, and I put some cacao wafers on there as well. And was, <laughs> you want to I think I, I also put um, allspice and cinnamon in it as well. I can't wait to eat again. <laughs> It's just, it's just like it's just a, con- a, a, a cocktail of different nuts with yeah. chia seed, banana, and dates. Chia seeds and like it kind of the chia seed soaks up all of the um, like fluids in there. I think maybe put a, I put a little bit of coconut um, water or coconut milk, whichever you really like the best. I'll go the coconut. And then milk. it just kind of soaks up and it becomes like a porridge consistency, kind of. And you've been hiding this from me. I'm hurt. Let me just say I'm hurt. <laughs> you just have to follow Tani. She's got a, um, a Facebook page now. That, because I, I'm encouraging her. Like I'm in the 50 level and she's 19. And, and I've encouraged her to create a page that will help other young people. Because there's a lot of young people that aren't, they don't know what to eat. They eat breakfast cereals or they don't know how to think or they don't um, know where they're going in their life. or you know. So I've encouraged her to get to that age group. And how many followers do you have now, my darling? Uh, I think it's like 700. <gasps> get out of town. What's the Facebook page so we can get you more followers? What's your Facebook page? Um, Tani O'Meara Food and Surfing. So it's Tania. T-A-R-N-E-A O'Meara. O apostrophe M E A R A, and then just food surfing. So yeah. that's fantastic, isn't that great? Yeah. But I think what she's failed to talk about is is when after we've exercised, we do have a ritual. And what's that ritual? We go for coffee and we write. Oh, um, we have a like a journal and like it's a gratitude book, and you write down what you're. Maybe like grateful for in the morning or whatever comes to mind. And it could be anything like I even write like the weather or <laughs> um, that I spoke to Catherine or like or a friend from overseas or it could be it could be anything. So was be. I in your journal this morning because we caught up? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and do I have to give you fifty bucks just for saying yes? Yeah, just just under the table. At least, Tanya, did you say on there she's hilarious? <laughs> you are that she is so goddamn hilarious that's what you needed to write yes yes yes. of course that all went in good good good. (laughs) okay so do you i want to ask you a question having cindy o'meara as a mum you said you like it now but in all honesty was it tough being a teenager or a young woman what was tough about it i think um it wasn't tough it was just i don't know she wasn't normal Like, uh, I didn't consider it as, like, the normal kind of uh, person. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Just, just yeah, her experiments. Like, even my, like my lunchbox, I wouldn't have the normal things in. And I guess that's what's considered to be accepted as in being normal in my generation. Um, so you've got, got a school but, and what was... Like, well, I guess 
I didn't realize. Maybe I did care, but I didn't. Like I don't. I don't care. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe that could have been an unco- like an unconscious thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been that. But no, her experimenting was not my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember, because I've been your auntie for quite some time now, and I remember Cindy would get a recipe, like let's say it was a, um, I don't know, cater. She'd get cater, and these kids, all her kids would love it, but six, seven weeks later they'd be going, please don't make cater. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was like every day, sometimes twice or three times a day, because she loved it so much, and that was the intensity I remember you saying to me, I love it, but... Sometimes she just keeps making the same thing. Definitely a bit of variety. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Yes, I would. Until I perfected it, and then once I'd perfected it, I would then change it mm. to see how many ways we could do it. So then we we came up with ginger cater, and then we came up with kebab, and, <laughs> and then we came up with a cater that we used different nuts in. So it really wasn't cater anyway because it had no almonds in it. And oh god. <laughs> Yeah, all right, I get it. Yeah, I did. I, I, look, I admit, I admit that's what I was like. And even if it did kind of taste bad, we'd like, still eat it, I guess. Like, just I to be nice? Oh, yeah, just like don't want to waste it. <laughs> <laughs> Mum's gone. Oh, and mom, like mum would eat it as well. Like I was like, no, I don't want to. She'll just be like, no, she'll try to convince us that it tastes good. But it never did? Not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Okay, so getting off food and more going to, I think, work. <laughs> you just don't want her to talk about it. No, we're over the food. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, what I, what I want to talk about is that, you know, Tania, her aim is to become a surfer and an international surfer and the best, you know, world champion. A professional um, surfer. A professional surfer, world champion. And I, what I want to ask her is what's the mindset that is the difference at the moment between how you are now than you were a year ago. So she's just won, or not won, but got second in the Taiwan Open Surfing. So this is an international competition, uh, and and it's, it's a good result, you know, a really good result because kids came from all over the world to go to this. And there's the most amazing photos on your Facebook page of mm. that. I mean, breathtaking photos. Mm. They're amazing, aren't they? Oh. So what's, what's the difference in your mindset um. between... You know, where you would, you are a great surfer and you would get into a competition and you would just choke. So what's the difference? Ah. Um, I don't know. I just, I've become more comfortable with myself, I guess. Um, being in my own skin and not doubting myself. And, and I guess in this past year I have focused more on health and food and, yeah, just... I'm just more comfortable with myself, I guess. What do you think um, was the difference that made that difference for you? Like, how did you get more comfortable in your own skin and how did you stop questioning yourself? Because I would imagine in what you're trying to achieve with yourself, that's probably 80% of the battle won, you know, is is your mindset and the way that you think before you go into a competition. Because if you did go into a competition or you went for something big and you thought, I'm never going to win this, I'm, I'm I'm such a loser, then that would be the results that you would get. So what do you think it was that kind of gave you the way out of that kind of negative thinking? Um, well, I've been doing a lot of mental training and trying to like think positive and I don't know, just, well, I'm not sure really like hundred percent. Um, <laughs> something just kind of clicked and I'm just a lot happier and maybe the, 
positive journal could have helped, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. The gratitude journal, I've seen a real shift. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, I've seen a real shift. And, and probably, like, would it be fair to say there's um, been mentors that have come into your life in the last year more so? Definitely. That you're, so are they men, women? Is it... Um, both. I have a trainer on the Gold Coast and he's helped me um, in comps, like keep it simple. Like I used to overthink, I used to put so much pressure on myself and because like, I knew I could surf all right and I knew I could beat some of the girls, but I would get into the comp and I'd put so much pressure on myself that I'd just lose it. Yeah, yeah. And it just it didn't work. And so he's helped me to keep it simple. And there was a recent comp where I did that. And I just, I was like, that's it. I don't want to do surf anymore. I was like, no, that's just not what I want to do. I don't like competing. Like, it just, I was at, like, a cracking point. I was really unhappy. And then um, my dad put me on to a mental coach, and she really helped me kind of see another side of it. Wow. Instead of, yeah. Sort of. Yeah, she's an um, she's an athlete mental coach. So right. she has worked with beach volleyball as well as archery, the Australian archery team. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. Just shows you though, doesn't it? It doesn't matter what our age, but if you look at looking at you now, some people don't even get this as in their adult life. So for you to have these gifts and realizing that there's tools like food, nutrition, mentors, asking for help. Uh, recognizing that there are crossroads and points where you have to make big decisions. I mean, that's pretty powerful to get that at 19 years of age. Do you understand the significance of that? Yeah, I didn't. I just thought it was just like, yeah, just go out there and just do it. But there's so many sides, like there's so many different things that can help you in your way. And I've definitely realized that in the past year to six months. Mm. And, yeah. and what I'm finding also is that Tanya is... Um, a leader in her peers as opposed to a follower and I'm noticing that with the guys in actual fact you know that was my next question (laughs) they're only human have you seen the girl but they're they're listening to her and especially her thing on food and surfing you know some of these guys that are listening to her you know they're going they're athletes that are, are doing um the store cup next year wow and and they're listening to her she went to their pantry <laughs> and pulled everything out of their pantry and told them what they weren't allowed to eat and tell them what they could eat and then they're texting going what do we eat you know but eventually they got it and they realize that um you know they're doing they're doing the right thing and they're feeling good for it and, and this is what I'm finding is that a lot of our young girls and boys are lost. Mm. And it's because their health physically isn't good and, and neither is their mental health. Well, and two go playing. hand in hand. Yeah. And it's just good to see role models. And we have three in the room mm. with us that are role models in, mm. in their age groups. Like, you know, Taylor, how old are you? Now, this is Kim's daughter. <laughs> Kim's daughter, how old are you, Taylor? I'm 15. So 15. So, you know, it's, it's, it's still, you know, it's very young. Um, and let's ask the first question that you are, that my daughter was asked. Um, <laughs> what's it like having a mother like Kim? <laughs> um, well, it's actually inspirational. Like, knowing that she's such a health guru. I used to call her health freak. <laughs> Um, Let's just take the gloves off. I would so still what, call my mum a health <laughs> That was Tanya. Like knowing that she's so understanding of me and wants to have the best me, looks after my body, 
and knows what I should be feeding myself and helping me to get to where I want to with my career in dancing. Yeah, and, and tell us what your aim is, um, where you're aiming. I would love to make it as a professional ballerina in the, um, the Royal Ballet Academy in London. Wow. Do you know what I think is just sort of inspiring with both of you girls is that to be your age and to know what you want to be when you grow up. Mm. I mean, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. (laughs) I think that that's really inspiring, though, Mm. for you guys to have such clarity when you consider that so many kids your age and older have no direction and therefore that's where they get lost and they kind of get caught in the stream, you know. I, I'm, I, I think it's so admirable. Mm-hmm. It's good to know. It's, it is good. But then some don't necessarily know, uh, you know, where they're going. But that doesn't stop them from... The way I look at it, if a young person doesn't know where, where they want to go, keep in a momentum. Yeah, keep trying Do something things. that you like or, or yeah. that you enjoy and, and get in that momentum. And even if it's going to university, so, you know, Tania um, has had... Two years of gap year, and she's about to <laughs> two gap year. Two gap years, yeah, and she's just about to go to university um, next year. Not really knowing exactly what she wants to do, but um, doing event management. Yeah, event management. And I've got a vague idea of what I want to do in the end, but more focusing on the surfing and yeah. Hopefully, it'll join up in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to know what you want to be when you're thirty and. 40 when you're 18 and 15 and you know like it's 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 19 sorry not 18 um it's hard to know so the best that you can do is what you feel passionate about at the time so let's get back to Kimmy Becky, you're going to have to be her surrogate daughter. We have to give you stories. Yeah, Aaron, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, what's a normal day like for you in your home? How does it start? What's breakfast like? Is it mayhem? Is it chaos? Um, well, it's usually pretty cruisy in the mornings until Jacob gets up. <laughs> that's the brother, right? Yes. <laughs> then, that's when the mayhem and the chaos starts. Yeah. Is that when the okay. So, okay. Mum usually wakes up earlier and she'll will hear her cooking in the kitchen and the thermomix will be going and she'll be running around doing other things for lunches and I'll get up and get myself ready and then get Jacob up and then it gets a bit hectic then. <laughs> but um yeah, we come out for That's food. hilarious. We, isn't it? we make lunches and come out and have breakfast and we all sit down together. What's your breakfast? What do you guys have for breakfast um, in your place? Sometimes we have smoothies or mum's healthy pancakes or eggs and stuff like that. Cool, cool. And lunches? Um, well, usually it's wraps, like spelt wraps or leftovers from dinner before, the night before. Okay. Yeah, they don't do sandwiches. No, I think sandwiches are a bit yesterday. Mm. Yeah. Well, to people like all of us, they are. But to the majority of kids at school, they all have most of the yeah, sandwiches. Yeah, what, what, what do the kids eat at school? Like your peers? Um, well, usually when I look around, there's packaged food, so like shapes or biscuits or chips or anything like that. And then lunches would be like white bread, wow, Nutella, same. Vegemite. That's so bad. Nutella. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Or then they put it on uh, brown bread and go, oh, it's healthy, it's on wholemeal bread. Mm. That makes them feel better. Yeah. And so what do you feel like with your, you know, extraordinary lunchbox? 
Yeah. Versus everybody else's Nutella type lunchbox. <laughs> well, What's I that? remember when I was in primary school, I'd be like, oh my God, why does everyone get like roll ups and lots of chocolates and biscuits and stuff? like me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want some of that. Like, Did you swap your lunches? Yeah, I used to trade them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Except no one ever wanted my food. I was <laughs> like, me too. <laughs> so I'd get little bits and give me little bits yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah. I like my lunchbox because I know that it's good food going into my body, not crap. <laughs> and so that's hilarious. So uh, <laughs> it is because when you're at school, you do compare what you've got for lunch with the other kids, don't yeah. you? Yeah. And it, like Tanya said, it's about fitting in and that's kind of like when you start being accepted or not accepted. Yeah. So I'm curious about that because, you know, that – in and of itself sets up a foundation of how you see yourself as to whether you see yourself as somebody who is unaccepted in the world versus somebody who is prepared to stand independently and blaze their own trail and therefore have people who will follow you, you know, like you guys do. So when was the turning point for you for when you went from, oh, my God, look at my lunchbox, I'm such a dag, to... <laughs> I've got the best lunchbox because I know I've got good stuff going in and I'm going to be the world's greatest ballerina. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think in the past year and a bit, I've started to really focus on what's better for me, like for my dancing-wise, what I need to put into my body to help me to become stronger and better for myself. And it's also changed the way I feel about myself. So by putting good food into my body and knowing that it's helping me, I feel better about myself and I think I've come to accept myself more and feel like I can stand out on my own and not have to be a follower like I can you know be my own Actually, wow we're, we're, isn't that beautiful let's <laughs> actually talk oh, about goodness that you've given me goosebumps yeah, I've got to say even yeah. though I'm calling you a tart and giving you a hard time both of you girls <laughs> aren't you just amazing mothers <laughs> yeah. aren't you just amazing parents? did everybody hear that that's publicly said damn it's recorded <laughs> Can you just write that down in a card? No, no, I won't be doing that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Can we just see that in writing? Mm. <laughs> now, I want to um, talk to you about, you know, being someone who does things differently. Now, I, and I know that you know, every night after school you are at ballet, and I've just been to a ballet concert of yours, and I think you were in 26... 26? She did two concerts and was in 14 performances in each, each one. Plus, 28. plus teaching the little ones as well. Yeah, and I and there was only two girls that did that. Wow. Um, that was with the little girls. And I just leaned across to Kim and said, oh, my gosh, no, you know, no one at 15 wants to do that stuff. They want, they're, they're very actually, you're very self-centred usually at that age. But I, I saw you do that. But we were having a conversation in the car one day, and I would like to kind of have that conversation now with you. And it was regarding um, your friends and the way they think about pain and coughs and colds and how they treat them, their bodies and themselves as opposed to how you do. Do you remember that conversation we had? Yeah. 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 So what, what had happened? I can't remember what had happened. Somebody was complaining about an ache or a pain. Uh, or a... Yeah, people would be... Like, oh, I've got such a headache or, oh, I just, I don't feel too good. My arm's really sore. I think I'll just take a Nurofen or a Panadol. And I'm like, or you could just not take a Nurofen and you can put magnesium on it and eat healthier. 
and they've gone, oh, that's not going to fix it. And I'm like, yes, if you continually eat healthy and do the right things for your body, it, you won't have these things occurring so often. And they've gone, oh, but it's just, it's just quicker. I'll just take a neurofin. And I'm like, okay. And then one girl who had just, who had a stress fracture in her back, you know, she was like, food isn't going to stop me from getting a fraction back. And I'm like, well, yes, it could actually, if you were eating healthily, you might not have, it might not have led you to having to have that stress fracture in your back. And, and a lot of athletes believe that they can eat anything that they want and think that their body is going to work for them and eventually it breaks down and they they just don't have that realization and when we were having that conversation in the car do you remember there was that night where you had the headache and they were you you were telling me on the way home in the car and you complained that you had the headache and say what those girls yeah i don't get headaches often and but every now and then i might get one or something and i had a bit of a headache and it was like pulsating and i was trying to dance but i couldn't do all the things for that. So I just marked a few things. And they're like, oh, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, I just have a bit of a headache. And they've gone, oh, have a Panadol. And I'm like, no, it's all right. I don't need one. And they're like, all right, well, don't complain then. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just harsh, doing, doing my, I was just carried on dancing. And then um, I was just like, oh, no, nah, I don't feel too good. I just need to sit out for a sec. And they're like, just take a neurofin. It's fine. And I'm like, I don't need to. Like, I would rather sit through the pain that is going to last, what, a few minutes, like half an hour tops, than take neurofin that's going to have to go through my bloodstream and, and my liver and kidneys that'll take months to get over. How do you even know about that? Yeah, I just Kim Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how she says she calls you by Kim Morrison, <laughs> not by my mum. <laughs> Actually, that's quite true. When I've been at your place, your kids do call you Kim. They do. I think that's great. That's very cute. But I think the important thing for us as mothers was that it's not just that Taylor doesn't want to take the medication. That's why. Mm. Um, Or more importantly, what's caused the pain? Mm. And so I remember us driving home and and we really did work out that she'd been a bit dehydrated. She hadn't been drinking very much, do you remember? And and she had a headache. And she'd not slept very well. She was studying for exams. She does 26 hours a week on top of schoolwork dancing and studying and I just think it took its toll a little bit and it was the end of a week and she was exhausted and I think that was the beautiful thing when I heard her say I just think I need a good night's sleep and I thought wow that's that's really insightful for someone young to go my body's in pain I don't need to take a drug or medication I just need a good night's sleep and I need to hydrate myself that to me as a mother is so um it's just so encouraging to think mm. that she can manage her body, know her body, understand her pain levels, and also know how, what's driving it, rather than just thinking it's an accident. She's got a headache, you know? and pay attention to the message that her body's sending you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, girls, the girls are dancing. Like a few of the girls will call me the anti-drug girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're one of those people that don't believe in drugs, do you? I'm like, no. Nah. Well, pain, pain is there for a reason. Exactly. Like, if you've got a pain in your back and you take a neurofin, you're not meant to move that way that it hurts. Like, mm. That's right. That's right. Um, it's common yeah. sense, isn't it? But, but, yeah. But us grown-ups don't quite get that. Because <sighs> well, we... I think we're born into a society that believes that drugs are okay and that pain isn't. Mm. And when we realise that pain 
I don't know if anyone watched 60 Minutes um, the other night, but the other night on 60 Minutes was two people who did not feel pain. Oh, really? Not feel pain at all. They could put ice blocks in their hands and could leave them there and they didn't feel pain. They would bite their tongue and didn't know they'd bitten their tongue. They would, um, you know, put their hand on a hot plate. Now, they didn't have leprosy. It wasn't leprosy. They felt no pain and their parents begged for their children to feel pain because then they wouldn't injure themselves so much um, and have horrific injuries. They had horrific injuries. So... When you hear a parent say that, it actually got to me where I went, pain's good. Mm. Pain actually tells us that something's wrong. And in this society, we don't see pain as good until you see when someone doesn't feel pain and where they're in in their life and in their health. So I've always believed that if we can teach our kids that what they have inside them, they have the ability to make the drugs that will help them with pain. If we give them the intelligence that they need to lay down or take time out or their body's telling themselves that something, then, you know, they have the knowledge of what, you know, these girls have. Um, And I believe the reason we have a drug addiction problem with illicit drugs is that they know that a little white pill is going to make them feel better because they've been told that from the day they were born. Virtually, as soon as our teeth are erupting Mm. you get a Panadol you get that stuff oh you'll feel better here have that and then throughout their lives they're given white pill after after you know all the time and then then someone comes up to them and says you know what this is an ecstasy and this is going to make you feel good Mm. they don't doubt that Mm. and they will take it not knowing that maybe it would kill them if they you know because it does these drugs kill yeah so it's it's wonderful for these kids to understand that they have the ability to mentally and physically help themselves from within rather than looking externally for help do you know what i think is really powerful about that what you've just said there cindy and you know i don't have kids so i can only just you know draw on my own childhood and what i can imagine it would be like in that you know when we when kids are growing up and even when i was growing up when I was in pain or I was emotionally in pain, you know, my mum would always soothe me and comfort me and then, you know, we get older and when we're, we're suffering, the people around us, they tend to wrap their arms around us and say, there, there, don't cry, don't cry, stop crying, it'll be okay, you're going to be all right, you're going to be fine. Mm. And it's not because the person's in pain. We do that because we don't like to see others suffering. So, you know, as kids are getting older they're getting oh, sorry as kids are younger i guess we're kind of giving them the pain to soothe it for them because we don't want to see anybody suffering yeah, true and then as we get older the world becomes such a busy place it becomes overwhelmingly busy and we're used to being able to continue functioning when we take that little pill so if we get a pain or we get an ache we take the little pill and then we can continue doing all the things that we think we need to do in order to be valuable, in order to still be able to contribute and do all the things you know that we believe are important. But it's very misguided because yeah. we've become so used to numbing everything. Because originally, you know, when we're younger, it's because others don't like to see us in pain. But then when we get older, we don't like to see us in pain, so we just numb it, isn't yeah. it? Well, and I think when we had Dr. Dr. Escape, Dr. Dr. Sarah Farrington, 
she was talking about the body and the whispers and the pains and the aches as a health expression. Mm. And that really, if you've read the book Vital Mums, that really helps you to understand that pain isn't scary. Mm. It's actually one of the best gauges you could ever have because you actually have to listen. And if mm. you're numbing the pain, you could ride through an injury and then yeah. do a worse injury or you aren't listening to the signs that dehydration is actually going to cause you kidney problems or things like that. So... I love the fact that you girls are so, but you, you're also you're not just doing it as a um, because your mothers are saying. You girls are actually very um, bright, intelligent young women, and I think it's wonderful that you're taking ownership of the information you're being given. Um, and that's why I think we really wanted to invite also Rebecca into the room because Rebecca's a young woman that I've met through Taylor, um, who's also a dancer with Taylor. Um, but what really astounded me about this girl, or young woman, should I say, who is 16? Yeah, 16. <laughs> she last year decided, and, and I'd love to ask you what your upbringing was like, so um, maybe we can start off with that. And then I want to ask you what changed for you as far as the HCG. So we're going to head there. And, and the latest podcast. Now, everyone, when we did the responsibility and blame... I want to tell that story. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca oh. was in the room. Oh, yeah. yes. Doing so, yeah, work experience. We're doing work experience with changing habits. And I want, I want you to tell the story of what happened when you got in the car with your mum. So where do you would, would you like to start, Rebecca? <laughs> Let's start with growing up because yeah. you've changed some of the ways even your family behaves because of your actions. So what's it been like for you growing up in your home? Um, well, when I was five, my little sister was born, and she was born with heaps of disabilities, and, yeah, she was a miracle baby. Um, before that, mum, my mum used to be a bodybuilder, and she was always, she was a, what I would call a health freak too. And so we did eat healthy and all that. Three health-freaking mums. <laughs> I love this. When Sarah was born, um, that's when I think, I mean, I was only young, but I think everything changed then because mum would always be away in hospital with Sarah and um, dad would work and stuff. So I think everything just got really busy and I know that we turned to more, like, um, you guys wouldn't, but like we had, we ate packaged food and all that sort of stuff. Just for convenience, for convenience, because, convenience yeah. because well, of what was happening. Mum was away a lot of the time, and yeah, Dad was working all the time, and um, yeah, that's just what we did. And so that was kind of how we, I grew up mostly, just I guess what the most of society does, just the way they eat from the media and all that sort of stuff. And because um, we do, don't we? I mean, we you walk through the shopping centre, yeah, and majority of the food that's in the aisles there is in boxes or in packets or you yeah. know dried this and dried that with pastas and rices and tin this and tin that, and then you've got the freezer foods. Hmm. So it's only normal. I mean, if you don't know any better, you're just going to go with yeah, what's quick and what's easy, isn't you it? Don't know. So and there's an assumption. That because it's on the grocery store yeah. shelf, it's, it's good, good for you. you. And yeah. it should be edible and it shouldn't make you sick. That's the assumption that people make. But in actual fact, we know that that's not the truth. Yeah, but I think the problem is that most people don't know. Mm. So. Well, where did you then get that most people don't know? What changed for you? Um, 
I think I started to eat healthier and be more aware of, um, yeah, like health and nutrition and all that sort of stuff from meeting you, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) You've done it again. Look at you. And Andrew is never going to forgive you. I'm sorry, Andrew. (laughs) I apologise publicly now. Rebecca's dad often frowns at me and Cindy. (laughs) Um, How long ago was that? How long ago did you meet Cindy, uh, Kim, and start Um, to... The beginning of last year, I think. Okay. Yeah. When I was it that talk I did at Flinders? Was it the talk I did at school? Yeah, I think that had a lot to do with it. Yeah, because you were in the audience there. Yeah. So, what kind of light bulbs went off for you when you heard Kim speaking? Like, what were you thinking? Because, you know, because you may you could have just been sitting there, just you know, yeah, listening but not taking it in. What I don't know. I think it's just once you are educated and once someone starts telling you things and I don't know for me and I guess everyone's different but for me it just started to all make sense and if someone's telling me things that are going to be better for me then why would I not do it Mm. kind of thing but then whereas dad is not like that whereas he wouldn't he just doesn't want to be told what to do (laughs) and (laughs) like he just Andrew this is a really good time to stop listening (laughs) Well, actually, I was about to say, he sounds like a man after my own heart. <laughs> me and my mum, we're both like that. Don't mm. tell me what to do. I'll get there yeah. eventually, but don't tell me what to do. Yeah. No, and he does, like, the, um, he's done, like, Jenny Craig in the past years and does those kind of diets and, like, shakes and things, and he thinks that's, like, what's good for him, and he doesn't want to... I don't even know why what goes through his head thinking that that's better than like how mum and I eat and yeah I don't know but he doesn't doesn't want to be told to eat healthy because do you think what was interesting what you said at the beginning before Sarah came along do you think and I'm just assuming or maybe proposing this to you because you had five years of a mum that was very focused on nutrition and everything do you think there's some sort of um, deeper cell memory that occurred that when you did hear those messages at 15, there was just like a return to source or a return to what you already, um, what you already yeah. knew? Like, do you think yeah, that... Yeah, maybe. It could be, couldn't it? I mean, just the fact that it felt so comfortable. One, I think I spoke for an hour at yeah. the school, and I remember looking at these 80 girls in this environment and all Taylor's friends were so cute they were all looking up at me grinning from ear to ear <laughs> they were just they maybe it's because they knew me or something but it was just so beautiful but I actually could see lights going on for some of them and when Rebecca then approached me about um, looking at the way she was eating the beautiful thing about your mum is she was also very committed about that and she wanted you to um, experience, I guess, what that would be like. In other words, she didn't say, don't do this. What made you then take on the HCG protocol or Cindy's four-phase fat elimination protocol? Because you're young to want to do that. Yeah. Um, Did you feel overweight? I think that was... I don't think I was overweight. I don't think I was fat, but I wasn't... I would say I wasn't fully comfortable, and I would... I think part of it was a weight thing yeah that I wanted to lose a bit but then it was also because I wanted to know what my body 
tolerated, like, because I was suspecting if I had intolerances to gluten and wheat and dairy. And so I wanted to find that out as well. But, yeah, to be honest, it was weight as well. And you did it for how long? I did it for long, yeah. But you lost it, didn't you, Taylor? She lost a lot of weight very quick. What do I say, a lot? You weren't, like you say, overweight, but you all of a sudden, you just looked athletic. You went from looking yeah. like a young teenage girl to an athlete. That's what you looked like to me. That was the change in a matter of weeks. And she yeah. was an athlete, so underneath that layer of inflammation and, and, and tub, because that's what we've got, we just look puffed up, mm. underneath that was the athlete. So to do that in three weeks, as mm. you would have done it, is that's what happens. Um, people don't realise that what's underneath them, that puff and um, inflammation, is are the athlete that you've been trying to become. And you've been doing ballet you know, with Taylor, and you do as many hours, don't you? As You guys do as many hours, or are you more Taylor? Uh, I don't, I don't, know I don't do as... I haven't done as much this year with school and stuff, yeah. but I've been dancing since I was three, and yeah. always So you, you have that muscle under there. Yeah. Mm. And you've learnt what foods are right and what's wrong for your body. See, I love this. If a 16-year-old... I think it's amazing. I ...has figured it mm. out... You know, I, I was always a bit concerned, and I said this to your mum when she asked me whether you could do it or not. I was concerned that young people doing it, unless they're well-guided. Same with Tania. Tania did it when she got back from Canada. Because when you're young, that young and you know the foods that are inflaming your body and the foods that are good for your body, then that is your lot for the rest of your life. And so I was a little really, I was really concerned for young people to do this because if they don't get the lesson then what will happen is that they'll go on this yo-yo trip for the rest of their life. So, you know, you, you got that lesson, which is just wonderful. You understood it and you're prepared to do it because I know what your commitment is like to your, to your health. So, yeah, yeah, congratulations. I think it's wonderful. And I do think that there's a really important distinction to make around why you and, you know, Tania have done the HCG because, you know, it's not... For young girls to get their hands on the HCG purely because they're conscious of their body image, it, you know, it's got to be more than that. It's mm-hmm, got to yeah. be. It's got to be around understanding how food affects your body and, and doing mind. it for the yeah absolutely and mind, and mind. yeah, um, rather than just taking it so that you can be skinny so that all the boys like you, and then you just spend your whole life you know doing the yo-yo dieting mm-hmm. and becoming an emotional eater. Because it's during the younger years that we set up our relationship with food in terms of do we eat for fuel or do we eat for sadness, reward, happiness, socialising. You know, an emotional eater will be somebody who will um, just, you know, binge and, and, and have these great outbursts of eating sugary foods and nasty foods purely as a way of pacifying and numbing internal feelings. And it gets set up when we're young. So I think that the um, I think that the exciting part for me because I'm the I'm the one out of the three of us. <laughs> That's the tart. Okay, I'll take it. No, no I'll take it. The princess. I'm the princess, tart, but yes. I called Kim a tart when we first started, and I feel bad now. <laughs> but I think for me to hear that because I'm very I'm very conscious of how our youth relate to food as much as from a health perspective but from a psychological perspective 
I'm very concerned and very conscious of making sure whenever I'm in the company of young younger people um, to to be aware of what's being set up for them. Only because what was set up for me was an emotional eating roller coaster, you know, which is it's a, it's a, it's an ongoing challenge. Um, whereas for Kim and Cindy, you know, you guys are my heroes. I want to be you when I grow up Aww. and eat the fuel. <laughs> Can I ask all three of you? Is are there people around you that have had eating disorders or yeah, maybe question. psychological disorders, or you've seen people go down this path? Are there any people around any of you? that uh, you've noticed have these issues and, and what's that like? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who wants to go first? Um, yeah. We've got family friends or friends that we know of that have those kind of disorders and it's, it's hard to see them go through that and not know what it's like with them, what they go through in their minds or what makes them want to do that. But it's just... It's sad to know that it goes on in the world out there. And I, you know, I think it's um, it has to have something to do with their mental state. It has to have something to do with that because they often say that you know, not so much with anorexia nervosa and bulimia anymore, but cutting is now becoming a part of a real issue. And it's if it, and they say that's the new anorexia nervosa and um, bulimia is that is the cutting that's going on. Do you guys see anything like that? What's the cutting? Self-harm. Self-harm. I've seen, like, I haven't seen it, like, up front. Up front. I've seen, like, my friends do have scars and stuff like that. I've seen. And they're over it now. And they, they're not, I wouldn't say open to it, but they'll admit, like, oh, I wasn't, I guess I was sick for a while. Um, But, yeah, I've seen it. I've got a couple of friends I've definitely gone down as well, like the anorexia road and mm. all of that. And yeah, it's big, isn't it? I mean, you know, the um, and this is the thing. I mean, all of this sort of thing gets set up from these young ages, and even younger than you girls, you know. Um, in fact, probably much younger than you guys. In terms of how we relate to ourselves, how we see ourselves and whether we value ourselves, which is why I'm sitting here in complete awe of you because mm-hmm. you girls all value yourselves enough to care about what you're thinking, what you're creating, what you're doing for yourself and with yourself. You actually care enough. You've learned to, as you said, Tanya, to be comfortable in your own skin. you figured that out already and you've learned that you are the determiner of the quality of your life, be it physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. You know, you are the determinant. You are the one who's in control. It all comes back to you. There's no external forces really that can have a say on the quality of your experience here in this world. Do you all believe that you are role models? Have you ever seen yourselves as role models? No, <laughs> not really. Really? Not really. Do you realise, I mean, do, like when you, they're being very humble here. Yeah, um, because, Okay, so go back to when you were younger, even go back five years. Were there people you looked up to? Have you, or even now, are there people you look up to? Yeah. Especially at ballet, you know, yeah. when you're at ballet and well, you're one I of the notice, little ones. Yeah, I notice that I don't think of myself as a role model until, like, the teachers say 
just remember, you know, you're the role models, the little kids look up to you, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're, no, no, they don't. Until, you know, the mums actually come up to you and go, oh, they just think of you as just they want to be like you. And they're like, and they're like oh, really? <laughs> you know, at the concert, those little ones did not take their eye off you girls. There was only two big girls and all these little things. Yeah, I know. And it was like they did not take their eyes off you. And I, I leaned across to Kim. I leaned across quite a few times to her and just went, my gosh, they idolise her. Mm. They absolutely mm. idolised her. But then Taylor is about to meet Rachel Walsh, who is the um, principal dancer or has been for many years with the Queensland Ballet. And we've been fortunate enough to be put in touch with her. And I'd imagine Taylor's going to be a little bit awestruck. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Tanya was when she met um, Lane Beachley. Lane Beachley, you know. Remember when you met Lane? Mm. Yeah. It's quite amazing, isn't it? So I would love to say to you girls that um, you are actually already a role model. And believe it or not, you're role models to us as older women. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure even your grandparents look to you as unbelievable role models for this generation because this generation I would imagine you girls have all come through the technology phase you have been born into a world where you don't know anything but technology does that have an influence on you do you think or do you just not know anything different is it are you used to everything just happening really quick um I don't know. I'm not a really technological person. Oh, she says she edited honest. all your tapes. Oh, I know. Last week. I know. See, they think it's normal. And what? So, what did what did you do? She was um, did a lot of editing on my newsletter, believe it or not. And Karen, um, who runs this office, not Karen Smith, but <laughs> the other Karen who runs um, this office was in awe of your editing skills as a 16-year-old girl. Wow. She just kept saying, Cindy, have you got anything else for her to edit? She's brilliant. Just keep pushing it across. <laughs> and then you want to know something? The newsletter goes out. There's one mistake in it, and it was run amok. How would you spell run amok, everybody? Run amok. R-U-N-A-M-U-C-K. Yeah. Yeah. And, and did you notice anything wrong? We, none of us, we got told off. But what, how, what, how else would you spell it? It's R-U-N-A-M-O-K. Run a mock. Run a mock. Yeah. That's how you spell it. Now, oh, I learned something. There you go. No. Yeah. If you say muck around, it's M-U-C-K. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what she came back with. And we all, in the office, we all went, we've been told. <laughs> oh. You've been told by, you know, because the, you know what these people are like, Kimmy. They see and it's glaringly obvious that it's wrong and they have to tell you. The precise types we're talking about. Yeah. Analicity is the other word. <laughs> Analicity. <laughs> so, so for you girls, technology, do you use it all the time? Like are you researching? Like if we tell you something or you learn something, are you keen to learn more as young women? Or do you just take it as gospel, whatever you learn or hear? What do you do when, you ch- yeah. when you're challenged? Yeah, if someone tells you something, sometimes everyone just oh, yeah, I'll believe that and pass it on or others will, you know, instantly like get out that um, iPhone or something yeah, and research Google. it or Google yeah. or something. Yeah. Google or something. Yeah. yeah. So Taylor, what Professor Google yeah. goes a long way. <laughs> Taylor came home from school one day and, and Taylor, Taylor just um, explains how hard is it in school? Okay, so you girls, and I know you finished, Tania, but in school, if, if a teacher says something in science, in particular around food or nutrition or something like that, <laughs> how do you guys cope when you hear something you maybe don't believe? Like, what happens there? Are you allowed to Google um, it in class? Sometimes, you know, you just have to sit there and hold back. Yeah, I <laughs> definitely. You just stand up and be like, you're wrong. Oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, how did you go, Tanya? I would say I didn't really speak up. Like I would, I held my tongue, <laughs> and I wouldn't believe a lot of the things that they say. And would, yeah, just I just didn't really want to say anything. I didn't want to get into the argument because they've been taught that way. Mm. That's what they've been taught, and they're obviously going to defend yeah. how they've been. I think at the end of the day, you have to please them because they're the ones marking, marking you. Yeah, isn't that sad? That's what. Yeah, I've always been told, even if you don't, if you know it's wrong. Like as long as you know what it is. Yeah, if it's in the test paper, you have to say what you have to do what they're asking because they're the ones marking it. And yeah. herein lies things like the medical profession, the pharmaceutical profession, oh, yeah. dietitians. Like dietitians. Right. It's, it's an institution. They're taught this. They have to regurgitate it, put it on paper, and to pass, to pass. And it's not till you get out that you can actually make yeah. the changes in that. Um, but but most people stay institutionalized, and that's the sad thing. And, and I hope you three girls realize this and and Tanya you're going into university it's an institution it's like being they will teach you stuff that is mainstream in their little world but there's a whole new world out there and it's when you get out that you can start to really start looking at other ways of doing it including event management you know well I think what you said once was because I regretted not doing university I've always felt like I haven't Achieved or hit the certain level until you said to me one day, Kim, all university get, teaches you is how to research. And of course, but if you don't go in with an open mind, you'll stay institutionalized. So maybe would that be a way you three would approach further learning that you're happy to learn it, but you also stay open? Even, even when you hear things like what we say, I hope that you all feel strong enough to think that you could question that because we love it when people challenge us because it challenges us in our thinking. Are you brave enough now, Tanya, that you've left school to challenge that? Uh, yeah. Uh, like, I, I did challenge it with my school peers, I guess. Yeah. Like, I would have arguments all the time at lunchtime with, um, yes. with, with my friends on the whole Nurofen and yeah. taking a tablet just because just you got a headache. And I'm like, why can't you just be a man and deal with that? <laughs> so like, Tanya, you've never had a Panadol or a Nurofen your never, whole life, have you? Never. And you've never had antibiotics, cough mixtures, you've no. never had anything like that. Are you wrapped about that? Yeah, I'm proud to say that I haven't. So did Tanya have whooping cough and mumps and all of that sort of stuff? You don't know? I don't know. I, I know she had chicken pox. That's about it. But, yeah, Tanya's had not one drug, not, nothing injected into her, nothing. That is just uber cool, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I'll keep it that way. <laughs> isn't yeah. that okay, so, so on this note, because I know we're going to be running out of time at some point, I, I, just, I just want to ask the three of you, boys... Yeah, good mm. question. Mm. Naturally, the tart is the one that prompts the question. <laughs> yeah. question. Need I say more? Because I would dare say that you three are not the type to be thinking that you have to have a boyfriend to be cool or that boys are the beyond. Because I've heard all three of you amongst and around boys, and you give it to them. <laughs> you totally give it to them. So if you knew that other young women were listening to this podcast... What's some of your key things around relationships, food, things like Like, Let's start summarising. What, what would you advise to someone who is listening to this? What would you say when it comes to impressing boys or what matters to you girls now where you're sitting with your philosophies and values? What does it mean to you to be a woman, a young woman, and how are you going to relate to the world when it comes to relationships? Why don't we get top three tips from each of the girls? Mm. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Like oh. if, you were, if you were talking to girls your age... 
What would you tell them about food, health, mindset, and boys? I think it would be to be yourself. So when it comes to boys, don't feel like you have to change for them or just because you might have to cake yourself with makeup or feel like you're not good enough because or you don't you have to be one of those girls that has your boobs out to impress a boy or something yeah you can have classiness yeah (laughs) um i think it's good to look after yourself as well in food terms to know that you're putting good food into your body so that you don't have breakouts or have issues that are caused from food like you know with it might be like depression even though doesn't come from food when you are depressed food can be a big source and if you're putting bad food into your body then it's just going to cause more issues and yeah i just think it's really good to look after yourself it might seem selfish in a way but you know put your body first than others you know what i mean mm. and taylor i've never heard you once look in the mirror and go Geez, you're an ugly cow. <laughs> or I hate my boobs. Or I hate my legs. Or I've got a fat gut. And I know that's not me as your mother. What's made you be able to look in the mirror and go, you rock. You're actually all right. Um, well, every now and then there might be a comment that pops into your head. I don't say it out loud. But it might be like, oh, you know, just something that annoys you about yourself. But it just leaves quickly and you're just like, well... <laughs> This is me. I have to love myself for who I am, and have that to have that confidence about yourself. Not be like, oh, I'm so insecure, and then hide away from it, and then constantly tell yourself you're bad. Because if you're constantly telling yourself that I'm fat or I'm ugly or I've got bad hair or something, then you're going to start to believe it, and then it'll turn into something bad, and you know it just it starts to eat you away, and. I just feel that it's better to have positive thoughts in your head, especially to have a good mental state for my sport that I want to continue with. You're incredibly articulate. (laughs) So if I was going to summarise that, because I've been writing it down, you've got number one, be yourself. Number two, look after yourself, both mind and body. And number three, this is is me, love myself for who I am. Yeah. Well done. That's beautiful. It is. It's wonderful. Rebecca, what are your three top tips? I don't know if I have three, but for me, I just pretty much I just don't take shit from me. (laughs) 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 Rebecca, you're to me though someone who is a quiet, like a passive, um, determined person. You're not someone who has to scream and shout it. You're someone who will dig her heels in and just go, right. Is that true? Like, you'll just do it your way. I am quiet, but I can stand up for myself. At the same time, and I think that's also come from, I don't know, my upbringing, like, I don't know, I think I'm mentally pretty tough, Mm -hmm. I'd say, because when going back to, if you've had experience with anyone with, like, eating disorders or whatever, um, been through all that, not me, but my, well, my younger sister with all the disabilities, like, and stuff, physical, and then my older sister went through anorexia and bulimia and depression and so like I've seen that all and been through all that and so I think that's definitely and like obviously it was hard for the years that I went through that but now that it's mostly over it's kind of like I mean it's never really over but I'm glad that it's happened to me because you know 
Like, it's just made me get over things. Like, just get on you with it. You don't cry. And, <laughs> I, don't, I don't cry ever. Like, I don't know. I just... I'm not a very... I'm not affectionate. I'm not an emotional person. Oh, but and, you are one of the warmest, most beautiful girls I know. Yeah, but I'm, like, things will happen and, like, it'll make me sad, but it's just kind of like, okay, like... Chin up. Yeah. You know, I think... I think it's possible that you, because of everything that you've been through, you've learned to take life in your stride. Yeah. Like you've learned to take it as it comes and you've learned to understand or come to terms with the impact that that then has on you and find who you are in that experience. Yeah. Meaning, you know, you've had that happen with your both of your sisters and you've made it mean for yourself that you can actually handle anything. And you're not going to take SH1T from anybody. You can say it. I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, it, it's, it's taught you to, um, I guess, be comfortable in your own skin because you've had to hold your own through all of that. Yeah. And I guess it's because I've grown up being, to be independent with, like, mum always being away and stuff. Like, I've been packing my lunchbox since I was, like, in grade one. And it's like everyone at school still, their mums still just do everything for them. And, like, for me, it's just kind of like do it yourself. Like, just, yeah. Because for me, like, it's just completely different. Like, I've always just been brought up to look after myself kind of thing because there's always been other stuff going on. And then so, yeah, and I just stand up for myself and just... Rebecca, have you... It looked to me, you know... You could, you could grow up, you could even turn this that you've been left out because your sisters have had more attention perhaps or there's been an emphasis around their health concerns and things like that. But what's happened in your mind to make you think, actually, no, I just need to be independent rather than it's not fair? Well, she's made herself the priority. Yeah. Which I think is really amazing. And I put, you probably don't even know how you've done that. You've just done it. The natural response. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've just. I just wonder what I that switches yeah, for girls. Like, what has one girl go, life sucks, and someone like you go, wow, I'm glad it's happened because it's taught me this. What, what is that? Do you think there's a switch or something in there? Um, I don't think there's a switch. No, I think it's just come with growing, like maturing and growing up. Like, and I see. Um, oh, I had it. I thought in my head. Um, I don't know. Just. It's just how I've always seen it. And like, and I also have strict parents. Like, this is an example. Like, I've been brought up, even though I've been brought up to look after myself and, like, to be independent and learn that stuff happens in life and you just have to deal with it and keep going. But at the same time, I've been brought up with, like, you know, manners and learning courtesy and all that sort of stuff. And I think today, like, all little kids now, like, they just seem so rude mm. and just like then I don't know that it's not taught what I was taught and like when especially when I was younger it's like I just thought I had the strictest parents in the world and they were just so strict but now when I see like the way other people my age and like younger talk to their parents it's just like I could never talk to my parents like that like it's just out of respect and mm. Yeah, I don't know, but just seeing... And that's kind of made... I think that's been a big thing for me because I always thought, like, you know, my parents are so strict and why do we have all these rules and other people don't? But then it's given me, like, grounding, I guess. And 
just for me, it's, I'm just thankful that I've been brought up the way I have. With was it horrible at the time when they'd say, no, you can't go to this party or no, you can't do this? Was yeah. it horrible? <laughs> yeah. No, it, was, it was so unfair. <laughs> it was. That's exactly right. It's unfair. Like, all of your sucks. friends could go and you're just sitting at home. Like, yeah, that's exactly right. Actually, can I just summarise? Um, you said you didn't think you had three points. You've actually oh, got... Sorry. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. Five brilliant points. So let's summarise them. Don't take shit. She said it. I said it. Stand up for yourself. Be independent. No matter what happens, see it as a lesson. And last, respect for your parents and be thankful for the lessons that you've learned. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Well done. That's yeah. amazing. It is. It, it, it really is. You know, and it's very different to Taylor's because you know Taylor was brought up very differently. Um, even though you know you're the same age group, you've got two very different um, experiences. experiences. And, and both of you have come up with, you know, fabulous ideas. And we're actually going to, I'm going to write these down so that people have these in case you're listening. Maybe this, maybe this could down. be, a, and even if after the podcast, we could actually just really write this out. And it could be any other, anyone listening to this could be there. We could print it out and it's your own manifesto. Yeah. You know, put it on the wall in your bathroom and read oh, this every day and, and put the I am. I am independent. Mm. I won't take shite. <laughs> I will look after them. I am my. I am me. I love me. You know, like yeah. Let's, Actually, let's, we will do that. We'll call it um, the teenage man, or no, the young, the young, young manifesto, the young woman's manifesto. I think we'll call for it. Living. Yeah, mm, beautiful. Yeah. Mm. All right, Tania, your turn, honey. What are your top tips? Um, confidence, definitely one of my biggest ones. I think being confident in your own skin, which is. What I've figured out, you know, past year. What about when you're not confident? Would you say fake it till you make it? So be confident, try and be as confident as you... Because sometimes if someone's listening to this, it's very easy to say, yeah, be confident. But inside, you're not feeling confident. How do you be confident when you're not feeling confident? (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Get that one in. Mm. Fake it till you make it? Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, I, that's, that's it's true, isn't it? Because it's, it's, when we're all sitting here happy and we're all feeling good, it's easy to say, yeah, be confident. But what about someone who's listening to this, a young girl who's going, I want to be confident, but I don't know how. Do you, do you, what's the thoughts that go into your head when you're not feeling confident, but you know it's the best thing for you? Well, instead of thinking the negative, you think the positive. Nice. Instead of losing, think of what you got out of that. Like when I, just recently when I lost... I was just thinking, like, I'm too embarrassed to walk up on the beach. I was thinking, why did I even come? That's a waste of mum and dad's money. Like, waste of my money. Everything, like, everything negative I could think was just going through it. And I was just pounding myself down. I was just, it was get, it was getting worse. And then, um, and then past, like I said, in the past six months, I've just instead of being like, I lost. I'm like, well, I lost, but I also got to go on a trip down to to Newcastle. I got to stay with my dad in an awesome hotel, got to surf some awesome waves, and then when I did lose, I was free to do whatever I wanted. I was like, oh, well, I don't have to do compete anymore. I could go out, you know, have have maybe a, one drink or, you know, go enjoy some late later night. I don't know, just enjoy. You were free. Like yeah, you, I was you, free you, to do what I, I yeah. wanted instead of being tied down to a competition. Like, I was trying to think more of a positive but when I, when I was there at that time, it was just negative, 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 wasn't confident. And, yeah, 
Mm. That's cool. Mm. That's cool. So be confident and think positively. Think on yeah, the positive side. Um, what about boys? Boys. Mm. How, what's your advice to young women around the opposite sex? Go um, on, give it to us. Oh, I guess. Oh, like, All right, what's your method of contraception? No, I'm mean, just kidding. We're oh, right oh my goodness! <laughs> I just think that just took Cindy's breath away. I think we'll uh, we'll cover that in another podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a question young women are asking me at the moment. Are they? Yes, yes, it is. And you know what? It's probably a really good question because a lot think the pill is the only thing that they can do. But we don't need to get into that discussion right now, Kimmy. <laughs> Let's just talk about what her like. I, I want. No, honey, what's your, um, you know, what is your advice about guys? Because, you know, Tammy, you're gorgeous and many men have passed out, <laughs> passed their way past you and they just keep going because you just keep letting them go. I mean, you know what I mean? You, do, you don't seem to have an interest in having a boyfriend. I don't know. I don't really see it as a necessity right now. Um It'd be nice to have a boyfriend, I guess, but... Uh-huh. Therein lies the point, isn't it? Until the right one comes along, there's... You know, like, you're not having a boyfriend for the sake of having a boyfriend. Yeah. It's not... I don't... Yeah. You don't feel it's something of a status or that you need one to feel good in yourself. But if a man happened to turn up in your life that had all the things that ticked your box, it would be nice, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I'm a marriage counsellor. No. <laughs> Celebrate. No. Um, anyway. So as your auntie, I've got one other question for you around your manifesto. What about drugs and alcohol? Because you're older than the other two girls. What's your experience? I've seen your mother react with alcohol. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, you're, with you being 19, almost 20, or a couple of weeks off turning 20, how hard has that peer pressure been, or has there been peer pressure? And what's your views around alcohol and drugs? Um, I think it's I think it's like, like all right to have the occasional, um, but occasional the drink. occasional drink. Um, no, not drugs. <laughs> oh, Just she wanted to make sorry. sure everybody got that. Yeah, she won't take a Nurofen. She's not doing anything else. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, the occasional and know what you're drinking. Like, I drink uh, vodka and soda, and I'll make that from scratch. Because uh, then I know exactly what's in it, and there's no preservatives, there's no colours, there's no there's no sh- unwanted sugar that I don't like. Like sometimes I put rabadura, and if I want it to be sweet. I don't know. Um, I think it's alright to have the occasional, but not to a point. Like you got to listen to your body. Like I see people just drinking and drinking and vomiting up blood like I, I know Ooh. some some people and they won't stop and their doctors will be like you shouldn't drink you're to that point and they they will keep going and they're your age yes wow mm. Tania what's it like when you're with me have you I don't know if now's the right form and I'm just I'm just genuinely interested have you seen people around you taking drugs and how do you stand there if you have and say I don't want to be a part of that what would your advice be to someone who's sitting who knows they don't want to but they also want to feel part of the group do you feel on the outside if you're around that sort of environment or people drinking to excess not really um I definitely have seen a lot of it um but I don't know I just don't I don't um surround myself with the people that like that really want to do it a lot actually I think that's a really good point is that 
you know, there's this this whole thing that um, that why surround yourself with people who are doing things that don't agree with your philosophy or your standard of living or, or what you do. And, and we're all like it. All of us would say that we will not be with people who um, do those types of things. I don't want to be around them. So why would a 19, 20-year-old want to be around peers that are doing that? Although I must admit, you know, when you're at a party, you see it. Mm. Is that is that? Yeah, you, you see it. Yeah, definitely. But like attracts like. Mm. So you would be more inclined, all three of you girls, would be more inclined to attract people into your close circle of friends that are more like you. Yes, you're still going to see a whole bunch of other stuff going on out there, but it's going to have less impact on you because it's not your best buddy who's doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you'll still see it, but it's not your best friend or you know your closest girlfriend who's who's caught up in that sort of stuff. Hopefully, because mm. like if they are, are then you try and move them away from it. If you, if, you know, it's like well, it's yeah. like you coming into the circle with Kim and I. Your I whole know. focus on food has changed. From being someone who really didn't care about food to someone who now cares about food, and and for me, the mind, the whole mind thing that you get into and your you rabbit are, holes, you are on our shoulder every time you have conversations with anybody. What would Kaza say? What would Kaza say? Yeah, yeah. What am I feeling? Well, what here? would she be thinking, or how would she deal with this? So, so I think it's you know I think it, it it really rubs off on you your friends and and their influence rubs off on you mm. and if you don't want that influence you move away yeah absolutely yeah can I ask all three of you have you got friends who don't get on with their parents can or don't we, like their before parents before we answer that question can I just summarise maybe Tania well, I, I want to oh. include it in this because okay. I, I know oh. what she's going to say okay um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it but have you is there people around you that have parents or you know the friends have got parents they either keep secrets from them or they're scared to tell them or whatever do you feel the parent relationship is really important and if so what would your advice be to young women or young men as to how they can create maybe a better relationship with their parents if they don't have one yeah I know people that don't have a good relationship with their parents or keep things from them and it's not healthy to keep things from your parents as in to, to keep it, it like for your safety um like I know people in my grade that have kept about drugs and alcohol from their parents and then they find out and then they've gotten into heaps of trouble and then that trust is lost so then they have to rebuild that trust and they've just had to like start over again and I just don't see what the point is in doing that and surrounding yourself in that kind of situation of that world of drugs and alcohol I just don't see the point mm. and so what would so you're saying tell your parents you'd rather your parents would you rather your parents said no or at least no you know do you understand that when parents do say no it's around safety you know is that what yeah. you think like, like gain their trust and let them know what you're doing you don't have to tell them every single detail but let no, them know don't. on what you're <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't want every single detail. <laughs> on what's going on, so they're aware, not so shocked in what happens, but, you know, still have that trust there, but, you know, experience and, and experiment with different things, I guess. Mm. I actually think that we could go for hours. Hours. I'm actually really loving this and mm. enjoying it, and maybe we can do this again uh, and talk about other issues, but 
uh, we need to, we've been going for an hour and 15, so for everybody listening, uh, we are finishing up now. I'm going to summarise what Tania said. We're going to write down, uh, we will write down the Young Woman's Manifesto for Life. Um, but for Tania, I got uh, confidence, take, fake it till you make it, being comfortable in your own skin. Instead of thinking negative and pounding yourself down about these situations, see the good um, in what's happening around you because, you know, there will always be that. So see the good. And a purpose. I think mm. you found the purpose. Like, what was the reason that I mm. didn't win? Well, it was because I was supposed to go exploring tonight. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or it was I because I was supposed to be relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to add something quickly, what I pretty much live by is everything happens for a reason yeah. and what it was meant to be will be. So stuff happens for a reason and mm. with like boyfriends and stuff too, like if it's like, you know, you're always like, like have a thing with a guy, but you know, if it's meant to be, it'll work. If yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't. And mm. Don't get emotionally attached. Yeah, that's really oh, good because so many women get caught up in their, in that relationship and it just becomes all encompassing. Mm. So Tanya on that said that don't have a boyfriend just for the sake of it, wait for the right one. Oh, and, and why I brought up the parent thing because Tanya brought up something before which oh. may be that thing of um, you know whilst it's annoying and you think it's unfair and all of that if you're in that moment and you're listening to this and you're thinking your parents are making it unfair you know was it I got it right that you were not, looking back now you know it was around your safety and it was oh, around <laughs> strictness so strictness isn't strictnessicity <laughs> is not a bad thing is that what you're saying all of you hmm. being yeah. would you is it nice to have parents that sometimes say no? Yeah. Yes. Mm. That, yeah. Well, you look back at it now and you're saying yes. Yeah. <laughs> of at course. At time. Oh, you were hating them at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so just know, parents, we will be hated at times. Oh, I think but I think that's really important for us parents yeah. listening to this. It's not our job to be your friends. And you guys know that, don't you? It's... I mean, I look at you and Tania now, Cindy, and I think, my gosh, you've got... A, it's almost like you two are girlfriends. You go off to have your coffee, <laughs> you write your little gratitude journal, and you have your little moments, and but you talk and you cook together and you share things together. It's That time does come, doesn't it, where you all of a sudden see yourselves as a, as a friendship, yeah. not just a mother-daughter. Yeah. And that's pretty powerful. And I think that's every mother's dream, is that they get to that point with their daughters. And I think all three of us mums and your auntie Kazza... Um, are very blessed to think that we have three remarkable young women in our sphere that actually we look up to. And I, I really want you three to hear that, that us three really do look up to you three. You are an inspiration to us. And it's out of your way of being, your presence, your state of mind, that encourages us to want to be better than who we are and better. we can be better people, better parents as well. So thank you. Mm. On that note, I saw a, a beautiful plaque that said, family by chance, friends by choice. Yeah. Mm. And I thought that was beautiful. So thank you, you girls, for joining us today. We have come to the end of our podcast. It has been such a treat for all of us. Thanks for sharing your innermost innermosts. <laughs> so, listeners, we would love to hear from you in terms of your experiences, perhaps with your teenagers and your kids. Let us know what lights them up and what challenges they face. Go to The Wellness Couch, which is all the W's, dot the wellness couch forward slash up for a chat, where you can leave all your comments and um, concerns and questions. Also go to our Facebook page, which is all the W's, dot facebook.com forward slash 
up for a chat. We'd love to hear from you on this podcast. We've been absolutely enamored and absolutely in awe of these three girls. So join us here next week on Up For A Chat and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We'll see you on the ride with your kids. Hi, this is Dr. Brett Hill from The Wellness Guys and That Paleo Show. How would a pair of Vivo Barefoot Ultras feel on your feet this summer? These guys are awesome and our good friends at Vivo are giving away one pair of their newest range to one lucky Wellness Couch member. Vivo Barefoot Shoes feature a puncture-resistant, flexible, non-pitched sole and a wide toe box which allows the foot to move as nature intended, as close to being barefoot as possible. All you have to do to be in the running is become a Wellness Couch member by midnight Sunday, December 22nd, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Membership is free and comes with a range of benefits. To become an official member of the couch, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com and enter your name and email address. Merry Christmas from all of us here at The Wellness Couch and may it be filled with great health and good times with those you love. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.